African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. What was happening last week at this uh, uh, very interesting summit that took place in Paris? Uh, French President Emmanuel Macron convened a summit on financing African economies recently in which was uh, emphasizing that Africa's economic recovery is key to global growth. South Africa's President Sir Ramaphosa attended the summit along other representatives from 28 African countries, China, uh, Germany, Italy, Portugal, and the United Kingdom, amongst others. Ramaphosa made strong remarks at the summit on Africa's vision for economic recovery and uh, in this way shaped the agenda. Uh, summit participants discussed the issue of debt relief and support for African countries from the International Monetary Fund or IMF through special drawing rights. The summit welcomed the ambition to develop an alliance for entrepreneurship in Africa to help help mobilize all partners, public and private, to support through financial, technical resources and capacity building the development of the African private sector. The question I want to ask today, was this conference uh, a conference where Africa had its begging bowl out to the West again, or was there something significant this time uh, that was addressed at this gathering? Helping us is Dr. Charles Singala, uh, who is from Africa, 55 states, uh, president and organization of African political parties. We also have our friend here on our program, Professor Patrick Bond. We haven't spoken to him in a while, so it's great to have him on our program. And he's now stationed at the School of Governance at the University of the Western Cape. Professor Bond, how's Cape Town treating you? Have you settled in? Yes, it's great to be uh, back with you and uh, and also to meet Charles. So I'm glad we can talk about the big picture topics, not just um, micro questions of Africa's development, but whether the context in the global geopolitical and economic and environmental system is amenable for a real recovery. Well, what are your thoughts? Do you think Africa was once again at this gathering extending its uh, begging bowl out to the West again? Um, yes. Uh, the, the main dilemma is that although um, uh, President Macron is an improvement over his two predecessors, Hollande and Sarkozy. And although there was a, a preliminary meeting that gave a substantial debt cancellation, in effect, $1.5 billion to Sudan, um, the basic structure um, remains the same. I mean, the, the main advance that France has made away from pure imperialism, pure self-interest, is um, to surrender the intellectual property waiver position that they'd held on the COVID-19 vaccine. And you might remember that President Joe Biden uh, had held very strongly until the pressure uh, rose from activists to to get an IP waiver. And uh, uh, I think because of that, uh, Macron really just about to host, you know, these African leaders actually had to concede. So it's really only Angela Merkel as the main holdout to protect um, the big pharmaceutical company profits against uh, the vaccine becoming generic and helping to solve the pandemic as a result. But then the other big dilemma is that 
France has one company above all. It used to be a state company. It's private. Um, it's Total, Total, T-O-T-A-L. Mm. We have them here in South Africa, but they're all over, and they're particularly um, aggressive about uh, oil and gas drilling offshore African. And, of course, this is catastrophic for climate, which will hit Africa hardest, and Total is a huge climate debt to Africa. But what's most disturbing is that now Macron is going to visit Ramaphosa just uh, this week as Ramaphosa also meets static leaders probably to deploy 3,000 troops, which would be to put down the rebellion mm. in Mozambique. Mm. Uh, and that, in turn, would bring Total back. You know, mm. they kind of walked out uh, earlier this month after the terrible carnage in late March at Toma. Uh, so it's a dangerous situation where South Africa and SADC, and I know Charles is very involved in SADC, may go sending our troops, sending our tax money in to destroy more Mozambican ordinary, you know, life as they tend to do on behalf of Total. And I fear that's one of the main reasons that it's not really just a begging bowl relationship, but it's even worse. It's an imperial power, France, using a South African sub-imperial army to serve its main uh, company that's active in Africa, Total. But some people say, Professor Bond, that maybe you're being a bit too critical since French President Emmanuel Macron uh, began the gathering by stating that he was in favor of fully cancelling a $5 billion debt it is owed by Sudan. Yes, we definitely need debt cancellation. There's been over a year of just messing around with debt relief with a small marginal amount, and that just really isn't helping us. It's kicking the can down the road. It's, it's marginal change. And we're seeing countries, including South Africa, drained of foreign exchange to pay what in many cases is what we could call illegitimate foreign debt, odious debt. You know that ESCOM, for example, our big uh, borrower, uh, the main uh, borrower in South Africa, took out loans uh, so that the ruling party could get a deal with a company, a Western company, Hitachi, to do big uh, power plants. Uh, for example, Madupi and Kosida use Hitachi boilers, and those cost tens of billions of rand. And the main lender, its largest loan ever, was the World Bank. So what we'd love to see is a World Bank looking hard at its portfolio. Um, and there are many things. Uh, the, the offshore oil and gas it's now investing in, its coal investments. These are odious. These should be canceled. Mm. And I think that's where uh, Macron has to really become more serious if we, if we want to take France seriously on the continent. He knows that Africa's debt is unrepayable, that it's illegitimate and corrupt. In the case of uh, Itachi, they bribed a ruling party, the ANC. That's well known. They admitted it. They paid a fine in the U.S., not unfortunately to South Africans. And I think those are the kinds of steps forward. Instead, what we're having him, uh, Macron announces that he will support a slightly larger share of a new IMF recapitalization. It's called the special drawing rights for SDRs. It's the IMS currency, and they're allowed, if the members agree, to keep issuing the currency. And what Macron said, I mean, to his credit, he said, look, right now you're only going to get $34 billion out of $650 billion in new IMS recapitalization, and you mm-hmm. should get more. And Cyril Ramaphosa, the, the main African leader there in Paris last week, uh, now hosting uh, Macron later, I think it's later this week or next week, and he said, no, no, we want $160 billion. Mm. So they won't get that much if they do get this recapitalization. But it's still a matter of empowering the IMF, something that many of us would worry about. 
since the IMF hasn't really changed from the uh, old-fashioned neoliberal strategies. We know that in South Africa from mm. the loan they made last year, $4.3 billion. These are big loans, and they should be written off, really, shouldn't they? Mm. Dr. Charles Sinkala, let's bring you into this conversation. Professor Bond, very critical, and his analysis seems to uh, describe this um, uh, summit that was taking place in Paris, one that uh, uh, maintains a peril- imperialist um, relationship between Africa and uh, France. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, thank you very much, uh, uh, Ben, uh, and uh, to good morning to Professor Bond and uh, the, the listeners who are listening to this program. Um, yes, indeed, uh, Professor has uh, uh, rightly uh, put it, you know, the way it is. Uh, but uh, only one point that I do not agree with him on the point that uh, President Macron Manua is a better president of Paris now than the, his predecessors. You know, uh, normally um, uh, only his strategy or the country's strategy or the whole complete of their agenda of the Western countries has just now changed, you know, to be more diplomatic and to be more uh, willing to show that they are helping Africa, uh, yet they continue to, uh, to, to, you know, to uh, dissect and uh, benefit from the uh, proceeds of the African continent. But uh, the whole summit, you know, um, nothing exceptional other than adults taking photos and telling the world how sweet they intended to help the poor Africans and the rich Africa. Uh, one, already the location I've had the problem in the past that uh, any summit which is held for Africa outside the African soil has never intended and will never intend to help rich Africans, the poor Africans. And that's a fact. Uh, we have history to show about this uh, when we saw the Berlin Conference in 1980, 1884 and 1885, and what has brought uh, uh, forth of the de- uh, demarcation dividing Africa and the, all that uh, uh, misery, the pain, and the lost identity in many. But what do we want as Africans is a question that uh, many Africans today uh, would like to hear and see, would like to see like what happened in the past, the Lusaka summit, you know, which mobilized the African African countries in Lusaka, you know, by the uh, head of state, their president, uh, Dr. Kenneth Kaunda, you know, which supported the outset of the yeah, apartheid yeah. regime. So these are the summits what we want to see and hear. The summit in Addis Ababa in 1963 on the month of May, on the date of the 15th, which gave birth to the Organization of African Unity, which now it is the AU. I'm not talking about the performance of these organizations at this stage, but I'm talking about the, uh, the ideology, you know, in terms of uh, trying to uh, uh, produce an African ideology that can solve the African uh, 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 problem. Sure. I, I mean, I, Dr. Sinkala, you can say that, but uh, we are living in a secularized in environment uh, where capitalistic notions seem to have been centralized in how uh, the economies are structured uh, worldwide. What are your thoughts when you see a figure like South Africa's President Sir Ramaphosa there in terms of the fact that uh, um, Professor Bond was highlighting that uh, now through the SADC um, 
grouping uh, there's going to be uh, an intention to deal with uh, the crisis in uh, Mozambique but this would be for economic reasons uh, for that particular country due to the fact that France does have uh, its uh, oil uh, giant total placed in Mozambique. What are your thoughts around that? Because it seems like it's Africa's leadership that sets the tone for this kind of relationship. No, no, not really. Not really. You know, as I mentioned in my point earlier, you know, uh, Africa, uh, you know, people wants to make Africa the poor continent, uh, you know, with the poor Africans and the rich uh, uh, continent. Um, Paris and Macron, they've got interest in Africa, in the Francophone countries, they've got interest there. You see how um, he displayed himself in the death of uh, one of our recent presidents who was killed in the battle, you know, in the uh, western part. You know, he was the first person to go to the funeral, you know. But uh, if somebody is trying to show that, you know, yes, on humanitarian grounds, you say, yes, he's trying to help us. You know, Africa does not need help. We do not need to be helped from the outside. You know, what we need is to structure what we want for ourselves and invite those whom we want to work with. Yes, in Mozambique, there is crisis. Not only in Mozambique, Central African Republic, there is a crisis. Now we're talking of democratic, uh, I call it undemocratic Republic of Congo, where the president there is failing to uh, manage the people of the Democratic Republic of Congo and many others. And these conflicts, where are they coming from? These conflicts are coming from the outside. We do not manufacture arms in Mozambique. We do not manufacture arms in South Africa, though they claim to do so. And many other parts of the uh, of the, of the African continent. Mm. These arms and weapons, they are brought in in the country in the pretense that uh, they are helping to keep peace and security. There is mm. no peace and security in the African continent, you know, with all this uh, mushrooming of this aid which is coming. Are we still as Africans uh, until now that uh, we do not know the formula on how to uh, look after ourselves mm. and that we must invite the West to come and tell us, you know, to come and do the feasibility studies where we have to, how to build the house, how to build the education system, how to uh, feed ourselves. You mm. know, these are the questions that we have to uh, ask ourselves. Yes, Total comes from Paris and it has dominated the African continent. You know, we try to uh, have our own uh, Sasso uh, garages and many others which are locally uh, uh, made, you know, as state-owned enterprises. But those are failing to uh, penetrate in the market because we believe that what is foreign and coming from the West is better than what is Mm. ours. And I think this is a mistake that we are making, Mm. you know. And all the presidents trying to fly to uh, Paris there, yes, Mm. President Ramaphosa was there among other heads of state to go and uh, uh, discuss how to assist Africa. It's a cost. Do you know how much a president uh, spend to uh, visit another country with all his entourage and time? You know, can we spend that time, 
you know, within the African continent. This is a problem that I have with the African leaders because uh, we do not uh, meet within the African continent. Why can't we have President Buhari, you know, uh, one of the biggest economy, also imagine like South Africa in the African continent, and travel to South Africa. We have Poke Game coming mm-hmm. to South Africa mm-hmm. with the Democratic Republic of Congo President uh, Felix Kadi coming to South Africa and discuss these mm-hmm. issues now that the population of Africa is now going towards 1.5 billion uh, people. How mm. can we uh, industrialize Africa? How can we get use of the human resources? How can we make use of the raw materials? How can we put a ban on the importation uh, of uh, products that we can manufacture from the within the, 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 the continent? Okay, let's the, so show. All these are mm. the things that we have to look at as Africans. You know, once we start to thinking inwards, you know, our resources, you know, banning things that we can produce from here, importing them, and all that value chain that it is protected. I mean, you look, you can't set up a company as easy as, you know, we call the foreign direct investment of coming to Africa mm. the way in European countries. They will, they, will, they will give you a list of paperwork mm. uh, to fill up. But here you can buy a company off the shelf. Some people are coming, foreign national companies, which have got little or no benefit to the local people. And now we are fighting with unemployment levels. And this issue of the uh, the COVID pandemic, of the discussion of the summit, was actually the diversion. The main okay. reason for the uh, the summit, uh, Benjamin, I mm. conclude on that point, mm. was the, the understanding that we adopted that uh, uh, the, Paris, the Paris summit on Africa financing and agreed to work towards persuading rich nations mm. by October 2021 to reallocate 100 billion in IMF special drawing rights professor mm. Bonda speaking to monetary reserves to the African states mm. this is now creating a credit debt to the African mm. countries which they were never going to pay in in years and years to come well, let's take a quick break, Dr. Sinkala. I want to bring that back to Professor Patrick Bond, especially the issue of COVID-19. Uh, he spoke strongly around the issue of uh, the dominance of uh, big pharma, which is Eurocentric currently. We know there's a big conversation taking place around waiving vaccine patents. However, that doesn't seem to have been an issue that has been uh, uh, adopted at this particular gathering. However, there's been a commitment to assist uh, um, Africa with the procurement process. We'll deal with also those contradictions that you're talking about, that in some instances you're seeing a cancellation of debts. However, you're seeing also a a reintroduction of uh, new programs that are going to make Africa more indebted or start new new debts. We'll look at that after our break. Uh, We're speaking to Professor Patrick Bond from the School of Governance uh, at the University of the Western Cape and Dr. Charles Sinkala from the Africa 55 States President and Organization of African Political Parties. Let's take a a quick break. It's 25 minutes past 11. Fascinating critical points coming up uh, from um, uh, both of our guests. Very much uh, strongly critical of uh, this uh, Paris Summit. It was titled The Summit on Financing African 
African economies. It took place last week, emphasizing Africa's economic recovery, stating that it's a global growth uh, uh, centric. Uh, the continent is that. However, as you can hear from our guests, it seems like there are many contradictions uh, that are taking place and unfolding before our eyes. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. Have you ever asked yourself, what on earth am I here for? When God placed his image in us, he placed a sense of eternity within us. What is my purpose in life? I was made for greatness. I just don't know what it is yet, but I was made for greatness. Life by Design explores the journey of people from around the continent who live a life of purpose. They share their experience on how they discovered what they were meant to do. Join me, Amanda Machaga, every Monday at 8.05 Central African Time for your weekly dose of Monday motivation only on Channel Africa, the African Perspective. Life by Design. Be the update of your life. Knowledge of self breeds greatness within Celebrate and educate yourself of who you are. Rise, African child. Happy, African Yeah, it is Africa Month, uh, and what better station to listen to than Channel Africa, very much Africa-centric in our news content. Right now, you are listening uh, to uh, African Dialogue, and this is where we contextualize the big issues of the African continent, get analysis, try to understand the different ways of seeing something that might be just a headline, and you might not really understand what's the backdrop behind it. Helping us in this discussion, we're joined by Dr. Charles. Charles Sinkala from the Africa 55 States, President and Organization of African Political Parties. And also, uh, Professor Patrick Bond is now stationed in Cape Town. He's uh, now at the School for Governance at the University of the Western Cape. Professor Bond, I want to go back to a question that I posed to Dr. Sinkala because it seems like we are very critical of the West and uh, the, 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 the whole scenario is as if we are... Uh, uh, we are, the, the West is to blame, but it seems like uh, our leadership doesn't have a change of trajectory like Dr. Sinkala was talking about this collective effort of finding new ways on how to reindustrialize the continent. However, we still have our leaders going to these particular uh, summits and still engaging uh, these uh, uh, economic systems. Yes, that's right. And uh, if I may say, Charles, yeah, um, please call me Patrick. I think the main uh, point I would agree with is the durability of that old colonial uh, approach that, uh, as he said, in 1884-85 in Berlin meant the continent was carved with no Africans in the room uh, for Western economic interests. And uh, now the big question is, how do we get out of a neo-colonial, post-colonial, but nevertheless Neo, a new version of the colonial arrangements. And these, by the way, are not simply with the West. I think if we're worried that Africa is mainly uh, exporting raw materials, certainly the prices are higher right now. There's said to be a new uh, super cycle beginning. But I fear that it could just be a little blip, a little bubble. We'll have to come back in a 
another session and look at commodities. But the thing mm-hmm. is that we're importing from East Asia most of the manufactured goods and increasingly also equipment and machinery. And that's a very big problem that isn't now just a Western neocolonial, but a BRICS neocolonial arrangement. And South Africa, therefore, I put to Charles, is now part of the problem, uh, partly because of the way that um, South Africa deals with crises like the one we just mentioned, right? Northern Mozambique has um, terrible underdevelopment. The Islamic extremists have been able to uh, persuade people, sometimes uh, with coercion, uh, with terrible violence, but often also drawing in hopeless young uh, men who basically have no other opportunity to get the resources, the gas, $128 billion worth in the Ravuma offshore fuels. And so it's groups like Total, ExxonMobil, any China National Petroleum Corporation. Now, what I'm worried about most is that instead of contesting that, trying to get debt relief from Mozambique, they had some corrupt loans, and the people are being forced to pay that, a Russian and Swiss bank, $2 billion, quite notorious. In fact, the Mozambican finance minister who arranged those is in jail here in South Africa, and there's an extradition debate going on about uh, uh, Manuel Chang. Now, the big question is, will South Africa in the next few days um, commit uh, the South African National Defense Force to the defense of Total? And I would worry because the foreign minister, our minister of uh, cooperation and and, uh, development assistance, uh, whose name is Naledi Pandor, not only said so on uh, Friday in a Reuters interview, but last September she actually testified to Parliament. And just to uh, give you one sentence from her testimony, mm-hmm. quote, great opportunity exists for South Africa to import natural gas from Mozambique, thus the security of Cabo Delgado is of great interest to South Africa and mm-hmm. her energy diversification strategy. Mm-hmm. So there's two problems. One is that it's fossil fuels which we saw from Cyclone Kenneth, which destroyed a large part of that very mm. area, Cabo Delgado, Cyclone Day did the same down the, down the um, coast of Mozambique and into Malawi and Zimbabwe. A thousand plus people lost their lives and the economy was destroyed in 2019. So we really needed a climate debt payment by the big polluters, South Africa amongst them. Uh, it's the third largest polluter of uh, CO2 equivalents in the world per person per unit of output. Mm. But only Kazakhstan and, and the Czech Republic are higher. So we have a climate debt that we really should pay. That's where I disagree with Charles. I think we should demand that those who've caused the climate crisis pay. And instead of paying with bullets and bombs uh, and the United States coming in, you know, and if it's an Islamic wedding party, we know the U.S. Uh, Air Force does with those and, and mm. what the U.S. Army does with their drones. They destroy lives um, by the millions, right? Mm. This is what the U.S. will potentially do in Mozambique, and South Africa should have nothing to do with it, as um, unfortunately I I fear we're going to see um, the opposite in the meeting in SADC this week, and then again with Macron, defense of Total, the big French oil company that's got the most at stake right there. Mm. Now let's come to COVID-19, Patrick, because that is... uh one that is an issue of concern. We know that uh, there seems to be a desperation that is increasing from a country such as South Africa, which is behind in its vaccination program. And we know that uh, 
uh, South Africa's President Cyril Ramaphosa made a lot of noise around this particular issue and uh, there seems to have been uh, an issue around financing COVID-19 pandemics but uh, financing this particular pandemic sometimes is going to also be an additional cost for the African continent. What's your take with the approach of this particular issue in that light? Yes, here South Africa plays a much better role. It's not sub-imperialist, but um, somewhat anti-imperialist, ironically, along with Narendra Modi, uh, the Indian leader who's authorized his delegates, as has South Africa, to go to the World Trade Organization and do what we did basically 20 years ago. I don't know why we haven't progressed, but 20 years ago, the same debate. Do you remember it was about AIDS medicines with mm-hmm. big pharma corps having an intellectual property monopoly that mm-hmm. prevented uh, these medicines from being provided to, in South Africa's case, 6 million people living with HIV at the time, now 7 million. And once the medicines finally came through generic, locally produced uh, sources, our life expectancy went from 52 back at the low point in 2005 to 65 today, so a major increase because of the generic medicines, and that's what's being asked for for COVID-19. Now, um, under Donald Trump, you can just imagine the the arrogant, imperialist, uh, ugly face of the United States was pretty uh, open, uh, saying we're not going to give you any big PharmaCorp profits, even though the U.S. had a huge subsidy, uh, their Operation Warp Speed. And Joe Biden, under pressure from the left in the U.S., has reversed that, at least partially. And so that remains to be seen. Uh, Macron from France did agree with, uh, um, with Biden that they wouldn't anymore enforce intellectual property. But there are a lot of Europeans, especially Angela Merkel from, uh, from Germany, who need to be persuaded. So we need to have protests in the coming days and weeks mm. at the embassies of those countries. And those protests by especially Medicine Sans Frontieres, very good group Doctors Without Borders, mm. I think have been part of that, that process. So across Africa, I would say we, we should be seeing more protests at embassies like Germany's, where they're refusing to surrender, to, right, to, to give a waiver on the intellectual property. Mm. Let me bring uh, Dr. Sinkala back into the conversation. Let's move it to this issue of COVID-19 and the fact that now we see uh, a dominant discussion around uh, uh, this patent waiver. Yeah, indeed, uh, you know, it is a very big problem, you know, like what Patrick has uh, rightly put it. You know, um, the problem is, you know, we are, as Africans, you know, we are trying to identify the pandemic as as a problem. You know, I think uh, the problem should be uh, the African capacity to withstand any calamity such as COVID-19 without looting any uh, education budget or to health or any other of sort. You know, but again, you know, talking about the IP it is a very big problem because uh, uh, imagine having covered a disease such as COVID-19 and uh, we are not allowed to produce medicine to cure it in our own country for our own people. You know, that is the um, uh, colonialism on, on, on steroids. You know, uh, this is what uh, President Seramaphosa was begging uh, in the uh, summit that, uh, you know, if they can suspend at least for a, a small period that we can get in charge of ourselves 
you know, and produce either vaccines and the cure. You know, this will help a lot. But again, the globalists, you know, they've got their own agenda. Um, the globalists are controlled by those families who believe that their business uh, uh, mindset has to take uh, charge of their affairs, you know, by empowering the big pharmaceutical companies, you know, who control the monopoly. So if you check what happened in the procurement of the vaccines from India, AstraZeneca um, vaccines, you know, uh, which South Africa did not do a proper consultation uh, with the, the monopoly of the big pharma in South Africa, the mm. Johnson & Johnson and Pfizer, mm. it brought in so much uh, problems that uh, they had to find ways to condemn it, 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 its efficacy. You know, uh, so that they can uh, prescribe the Johnson and Johnson uh, or any other vaccines within the country. So that IP monopolizing of the medicine, it is the unprecedented in the history of Africa claiming to be independent. The economical output of Africa depends on Africa standing by itself without interference. You know, uh, what are the facts that we have to look at? You know, the facts is the World Health Organization. And this leadership has exacerbated the COVID-19 pandemic impact to the African economies uh, together with the United Nations. You know, they must be ashamed about the poor handling of the lockdown restrictions and PPE tenders to fraud yeah. and corruption mm, mm, and mm. many others which has come because they are leading us. You know, we are not in control. Mm. You can see completely that uh, the lockdown has brought nothing. Even mm. if you can see that the recovery rates of COVID-19 is 95% in South Africa. But uh, we're closing the economy output. Already we, in South Africa, we are close to almost 50% unemployment because some industries which were uh, developed over generations and generations, for many generations, uh, had to close down. They never recuperated to come back to uh, participate. So mm. the mitigation of this COVID-19 pandemic, and by the way, this is not the only disease you know, I don't know why each and every now and then we talk about the COVID pandemic. There's many other diseases which are bringing uh, misery to the African people on the continent, not only in Africa, but the rest of the world. Mm. There's HIV and AIDS, there's polio, there's, there's malaria, and there's poverty, the biggest uh, 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 virus, you know, which mm. has been eating our country. But how so, do we handle them is a mm. question that mm. is very important that has to be discussed. How do we handle a certain calamity without delaying or uh, putting a deaf ear to the other calamity? Yeah. So how Do- do we balance? Mm. Dr. Sinkala, we're running out of time. I know this is a very broad subject matter, especially because this Paris Agreement speaks on so many matters that uh, are not just around this particular gathering itself, but around uh, African economies as a whole. There has been a big challenge that uh, COVID-19 has brought forward, which is the downturn of African economies. The the question here is that, uh, is this uh, um, initiative of uh, this development of the Alliance of Entrepreneurship to mobilize uh, partners in public and private sectors, the key uh, for the, the, the development of, of the continent? Just briefly, so I can also pose that question uh, to uh, Professor Bond. Yes, uh, uh, Benjamin, uh, partnership is very good uh, in terms of uh, mitigating or handling problems or any conflict in uh, a certain demography and area such as what we are facing now. 
the question is who owns the IP of uh, uh, the production of the cure and the vaccine is the critical point. You know, if you are not in control, you do not identify the root cause mm-hmm. of the problem, you're never going to change it. You're not going to solve it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Professor Bond, what, what are your thoughts around reviving Africa's economy? It's, it's, it's a really tough one right now because uh, we still have this problem of the pandemic. It's still an overarching theme in the world right now. And it seems like Africa is still struggling with changing the tide. Yes, you're right. And that struggle has to intensify. I mean, we desperately need a globalization of people that's going along with the export of uh, Africa's mineral uh, wealth and fossil fuels. And what we should obviously be demanding is not just that vaccine nationalism and this sort of, uh, uh, you know, intellectual property be uh, ended, but that the climate debt that the rest of the world as Africa be paid and that the uh, formal debt, the corrupt loans that I've already mentioned, that are so prevalent in so many countries with elites and uh, Western banks and some BRICS banks, that those be canceled. So those are the those are the sort of agenda items that go back to the Jubilee movement and that uh, Medicine Sans Frontieres and, and African groups like the um, C-19 People's Coalition have been organizing protests around the, the People's Vaccine Campaign. And once we can uh, try to, to put that on the agenda, that, that there are major uh, pharmaceutical um, production facilities in Africa that are standing idly by that could be doing, as J&J in uh, Kibera, the old mm-hmm. Port Elizabeth, is doing, producing, in that case, 300 million units a year, mostly exported to the West. It's just shocking. And what we really need to do is, is uh, start getting... Uh, a much more militant and I think protest-oriented politics going again. It's been um, uh, in the past possible to persuade the West to change policy, especially when they were supporting the apartheid system and boycott, divestment, sanctions as part of that struggle, um, as it is against uh, Israel and its occupation of Palestine and what we just saw last week with with widespread uh, criminality by the Israeli government. And I think a, a wave of activism that, you know, with Black Lives Matter demanding reparations, Africans everywhere need to make these sorts of demands, and also to tap into the other social movements around the world, Colombia, Chile, in many European mm. countries uh, that are demanding a better world. So I, I don't see it happening from above. I don't see Macron's visit to South Africa or Ramaphosa's last week to Paris being part of the solution, nor IMF. Uh, you know, recapitalization called special drawing rights. Mm. It has to really come from below. Well, thank you to the two gentlemen giving us their time. That was uh, Professor Patrick Bond from the School of Governance at the University of the Western Cape. Thanks as well to Dr. Charles Sinkala from the Africa 55 States President and Organization of African Political Parties. Thank you for your critical points. We really appreciate you giving us your time. Good to be with you. Thank you. African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. 